how you cooperate with him. It's how you cooperate with him. So if there's anything you can understand from the new nature, being a progressive walk, being a day-to-day walk, it shows you how can I say it? it shows you how focused you have to be with your journey true and well how do we have so many hindrances in this world and it's true but today I bring another message and it's the most powerful message can I ask you something when a soldier goes to war who is he fighting against Spiritually. When a soldier goes to war, spiritually, we're talking about Christians, who is our opponent or our enemy? Satan, right? So here from the armor of God, Paul is writing about put on the different pieces of armor. And it's interesting, I was, um, where's Daniel? So, we were fellowshipping seven or eight weeks ago. We're at Lake Macquarie, me, Daniel, and Dorian on a table. And uh, we were were fellowshipping and uh, in the presence of the Lord, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And they heard, and they got overwhelmed in joy because God feeds us true bread. So, let's have a look. So I want you to think about it. I'll get the scripture, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 18 in the Amplified. And we'll read it together, and we'll begin to go from there. Okay, I'm in trouble. Okay, (coughs) so this is regarding the armor of God. The armor of God is linked to the new nature. Why? because it tells you how to do war, right? Yeah, new nature is connected to the armor of God. See how the Holy Spirit takes me step by step? Someone will say, okay, from last week, how do I walk in a new nature? Here, we're going to learn where it's birthed. So in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, draw your strength from Him, and be empowered through your union with Him and in the power of his boundless might. Put on the full armor of God, for his precepts are like the splendor armor of a heavily armed soldier, so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and strategies and the deceits of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you'll be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. Having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. So stand firm and hold your ground, having tightened the wide band of truth, personal integrity, moral courage around your waist, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and upright heart, and having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. Above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times on every occasion and in every season in the spirit. And with this in view, stay alert with perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people. Amen. Okay. So let's get into the meat now. 
So when you see the armor of God, when you see the armor of God, what do you think the most important piece of the armor is? Grab microphone. I like to work the crowd. So just one word if you can. So when you read the scripture, what would be the most and the first and the most important piece of armor? So the microphone. So according to the scripture. The heart. So upright heart. Yeah, okay. Anyone else? We've got people online listening. Can everyone online hear us? Can everyone online hear us? It's good. The belt of truth. Okay. Is it on? The belt of truth. What's that? Uh, the shield of faith, because that actually helps us deflect the enemy's arrows okay. and darts. Amen. So I'm talking about the first and most important piece of the armor. Anyone else? Maddie? Maddie wants to say something. <laughs> helmet. The helmet salvation. of salvation. Probably I said every single, single one of them. <laughs> so Becky read my notes, so she can't answer. So, so who said the sword of the spirit? Mary? Okay. So let's go into it now. So the Holy Spirit said to me that the, gr the greatest and first and most important piece of the armor is the gospel of peace. Now, now, look what scripture he spoke to me on the table. Okay, because this here, we're fighting Satan now. And what does Satan come against you with? The lust of the world, the pride of life, and the lust of the eye. So Satan, Satan brings everything that is instituted by this world. Does that make sense? Yes? Okay. So the Holy Spirit said to me that the most important piece of the armor or the first and most important piece of the armor is the gospel of peace. Now I'll explain it and it's so clear in the scriptures. So the first and most important armor that you put on is the gospel of peace. Now he showed me a vision when I was on that table in my spirit. And he showed me how hard it is when you put all the pieces of armor to put your shoes on at the end. He showed me the soldier puts his shoes on first. And it clicked to me, it's true. That if you're gonna put on all that heavy armor on the helmet, the sword, the belt, he showed me that you can't bend down when you put the belt of truth. You have to put the, f the shoes on first, or the sandals. He showed me that in a vision. Then he spoke this scripture to me, and it will blow you away. Because here he's talking about combat with the enemy, which attacks you with your own flesh, your rebellious nature, and everything that this world stands for. Are we on the same page? For all those people looking for scriptures trying to correct me, be careful. So we go to Romans 16, verse 19 to 20. This is what this, the Holy Spirit said to me. I've read this scripture, but I've never paid attention to when he spoke it to me on that table. I haven't heard it in probably six years. And he said, this is what it means. Let's have a look. It will bless your heart. Thank God. 
Now, I'm going to talk a little bit, I'm not going to talk so much about obedience now, but this is the core of the armour of God. So, Romans chapter 16, verse 19 to 20. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you, but I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. And that's really what obedience is. It's wisdom to discern both good and evil. That's where obedience is birthed from. When you know what's wrong and what's right. When you, when you know what's wrong, you're not going to entertain that anymore, right? Now look here. Next one. This is the scripture he spoke to me. And look at the context of the scripture. Nothing they do for an accident but by the grace of God the Holy Spirit spoke this to me now look what he said the God of why wouldn't he say the God of love or the God of hope or the God of joy he says the God of peace now look what he's referring to the God of peace will soon crush Satan under the sandal Can you see? Can you see this one? You see the Holy Spirit, when he speaks something, he confirms it by his word. He showed me the gospel of peace is the first and most important armor that you are to put on. Are we understanding? The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your foot. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Before you know where you're going, before you carry the word of God, before you fill yourself up with truth, God wants you to have peace. Isn't that important? Imagine speaking and walking with God and you have no peace. Now, where is peace birthed from? We go to Isaiah 53 verse 5. Where did peace, where was peace inherited from? It makes sense why the armor of God, the greatest peace is. The greatest piece of armor is the gospel of peace. Because that's the first thing you encounter Jesus with. Now, interesting. The first thing Jesus gives you when you come to him is peace. Let's have a look. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed what's the first thing that happens when you receive jesus christ you receive his peace next one colossians chapter 1 verse 19 to 23 i want you to get this why people are struggling in their journey why people are not progressing in their journey because they haven't received the true peace that comes from Jesus. So today I'm going to speak about where peace came from. I'm going to speak about what peace produces. And I'm going to speak about how you sustain and get more of his peace. It's interesting, isn't it? That's not given just a whole wave of it. And it's yours. It's given and it's given more in abundantly and let me tell you this the more peace you have in the Lord Jesus Christ the more trust you have and that's the perfect ingredient for faith true peace trust faith arises are you writing notes here I think you should Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 to 23. <coughs> For he pleased the Father 
for all the fullness of deity, the sum of total, of his essence, all his perfection, powers, and attributes, to dwell permanently in him, the Son. And through the intervention of the Son, to reconcile all things to him, making peace. With believers, through the blood of his cross, through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were, were at one time estranged and alienated and hostile-minded towards him, participating in evil things, yet Christ has now reconciled you to God in his physical body through death. In order to present you before the Father holy and blameless and beyond reproach. And he will do this if you continue in faith, well grounded and steadfast and not shifting away from the confident hope that is the result of the gospel that you have heard. Which was proclaimed in all the creation under heaven and of which the gospel I, Paul, was a, was a minister. So here he's showing you the true fruits of the blood of Christ. It produces peace, and peace gives, gives birth to, where is it? So here in this scripture, he's showing you what the blood of Jesus has done. It gives birth to peace, and peace gives birth to hope. He's showing you the pattern. Isn't that interesting? When you look at Satan's attacks, you're going into war with Satan. What is the first thing he's going to try to strike? Your peace. Because when you don't have peace, you're uncomfortable, you're irritated, you're frustrated, you're confused, you fear, you doubt, you try to control your own life. Isn't it interesting that the Holy Spirit showed me the greatest piece of the armor of God is peace. And the first thing Satan strikes anyone with is stealing his peace or robbing his peace from him. Isn't that interesting? How hard does the process begin when you don't have peace? Can you see this? <laughs> Satan is destroyed today. Why? Because the most important thing you're going to guard is the peace that birthed by the cross. Isn't that interesting why so many people's journey is suffering, idle, dry, barren, lack of direction, is because they have lost their peace with God. The first attack that the enemy strikes you with is to take away your peace. I want you to get this. I wrote here, I'll go to it after. But it's just interesting that the most important thing Jesus wants us to protect. There's, there is something that is so powerful from Jesus and it's the peace that was birthed at the cross. So many people are running out of IDs. So many people are running on an empty tank. So many people don't know where they're going because they've lost their peace. And I'm going to continue slowly. I don't want to go too much. We go to Romans chapter 5 verse 1. I just want to show you this. Why the Holy Spirit said that to me. Well, the first thing you do is you get saved. You don't read the word of God. The first thing you do is you get saved, right? And that's from the cross. And what does the cross, get, what does the cross produce? Peace. Before you put the helmet of salvation, that happens after you become born again. You know that your inheritance, you know that your life, it's with him. 
before you start to declare the word of God, you have to get saved first, don't you? It's by the blood. What does the blood produce? Peace. What's the greatest piece of the armor that you have to begin with? And guard all the days of your life to be successful in the Lord? Peace. And I'm going to show you where it's birthed, how it's sustained, and how it's taken away. Because it can get taken away from you. And what a dreadful journey when you walk and you don't have peace. Because you don't if you don't have peace, you don't have rest. Romans five one. I want you to understand. Romans five one. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I can't speak enough of how the enemy has come after your peace. I can't uh, speak enough. I can't speak enough how the enemy has come after people's peace. Because can I share this with you? It's the peace of God where the anointing flows. It's the peace of God where the anointing flows. You know God has a name? He's, he's the God of peace. And can you flow through anything else? He can't. Where there's no peace, there's dysfunction. So let's read again. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 to 19. Are we all understanding? Before you use the sword, that's after you get saved. You start to declare the word of God and you start to use it to fight the devil. Before you put the helmet of salvation on, that you're going to heaven, you have to get saved first. So it tells you that the sandals is the most important. The peace that's birthed by the blood. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know this if I didn't hear. That's how important it is to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because when he speaks, he connects everything together. Ephesians 2, 13 to 19. Yeah, another big one. Now, let's read this. But now... At this very moment in Christ Jesus, you who were once so very far away from God and having been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now in the beginning how he begins, he's already dealing with your identity. Those who are lonely, those who have been disconnected from God, those who are alienated from God, those who have lived a selfish life. The first scripture he's dealing with your identity. We'll keep going. For he himself is our peace. You see the detail of what he wants to birth in you from the cross? The first fruit and the most important fruit is the peace of God. Look at the, look at the first thing he deals with after finishing the work of the cross. You have to see this because you can't be sustained in your journey if you don't have the peace of God. You can't go too far. You'll be weary, frustrated, tired, broken down. Then you become like a slave. Please God, you become emotional. Please God. This is how, when you lose your peace, when you lose your peace, you become like this. You start to beg God what's already yours. You see? When peace is taken away, you start to beg God out of the emotional realm, out of the soulish realm. And God doesn't answer that realm. He answers peace because peace is birthed by the cross. For he himself is our peace and our bond of unity. 
He who made both groups, Jews and Gentiles, into one body and broke down the barrier, dividing wall of spiritual agonism between us by abolishing in his own crucified flesh the hostility caused by the law with its commandments containing ordinance which he satisfied so that in himself he might take the two into one new man. Now let's stop here for one second. There's a treasure here. He's showing you how the new man begins to flourish. And it's peace. It all comes down to having the peace of Christ. Everything that I've heard from God, it's always been in the place of peace. Now let me keep going. Thereby establishing peace, that he might reconcile them, both Jews and Gentiles, united in one body to God through the cross, thereby putting to death the hostility and he came preached the good news of peace to you you're probably thinking how many times is peace coming up and i've never seen it like this it's for a reason god wants to show you to do war in this world and to do war against satan if you don't have peace you can't last you cannot last you cannot endure and persevere, especially in the hardest seasons. Especially when things aren't going well for you. You can't last. And it's true. That's why so many become weary and frustrated and burnt out. Because they haven't understood what Jesus established at the cross, which is the result of his perfect peace. For it is through him that we, have a, we, ha, we both have a direct way of approach in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, outsiders without rights and citizenship, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, God's people, and are members of God's household. Isn't that interesting? Again, the peace that stems from the cross shapes and molds your identity. Isn't that interesting that this scripture here about the peace that was birthed by the cross, it molds your character, it molds your, your thought process. How much, do you, how much do you cooperate with the Holy Spirit when peace is operating through you, which is a gift from the Holy Spirit? How much more do you grow and flourish and, and move into God's direction when you have the peace of God? All the learning, all the growing, all the teaching, all the discipline has to be on the grounds of his peace. Or you can't stand. You can't stand. I speak by experience. You can't stand. And it's so powerful when you understand that it's a divine gift that was birthed by the cross. Okay, we'll go here. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 to 18. I want to show you the, I want to show you the true results of peace. We can easily miss this. Uh, Colossians, yeah. Are we understanding this, everyone? Okay, now look, at, now look at the first result of the peace of God. In the beginning of my journey, I had many questions that were unanswered by God. I had many things that I wanted to find out and I couldn't. I had many things why certain things happened to me in this life through the struggles that I faced to become this person. Look at the first result and fruit that peace produces. Look at this. Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with him, be the controlling factor in your heart, deciding and settling questions that arise. Isn't that interesting? That so many people move away from their journey when their things aren't answered. When they have unanswered questions. I gave up. 
I, I, I seek God. It didn't happen in the way it should happen. And isn't that interesting? When questions arise inside of us through difficulties or through trials or through challenges, we begin to question God. And if we don't get the right answer, we take authority in our own life. We control our own life. We give him a little bit of our life. But I'm just showing you the first true fruit of what peace produces. It doesn't question God anymore. Number two, let the spoken word of Christ have its home within you, dwelling in your heart and mind, permeating every aspect of your being as you teach spiritual things and admonish and train one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Now look at this, look at the second step. The second step here speaks of gratitude. It's speaking here of gratitude now, but there's a hidden treasure here. Here, it's showing you that before you declare the word, receive this peace of God, then apply the word to you, because it's on good soil. Are we understanding? And that comes back to the cross. He's showing before, look at this here. He's showing you the first step of your journey is to receive that peace that Jesus paid for on the cross because he moved that wall from you. Second one, then apply the word of God. It's not going to backfire anymore because imagine speaking the word of God over your life and there's no rest. You're speaking out of the flesh. You're emotional to God. You're fleshly to God. You're begging God. Can we see this? Can we see this? of how the word of God is applied and how the word of God matures. Look what it says here. Let the spoken word of Christ have its home within you, means the confession of the word. Then he says from that, from that, he says permitting every aspect of your life, then he will start to teach you what? Spiritual things. Then you will be trained by him. You see the pattern? Then wisdom is given. You understand the true gift of singing and worshipping him, which is birthed by having a thankful heart. But you see the pattern? So many people want to see results, but they're speaking the word without the true peace that was birthed by the cross. And this is, I'm going deeper. So we go to the next one now. We go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7. You're probably thinking, how many times do I have to hear the word peace? Paul was linking the puzzle. He was linking the puzzle. And I told you that vision that I saw, the Roman soldier, he putting on the sandals first because all the armor was too heavy and he couldn't bend down to put his shoes on. I saw it. And it's so true. It is so true. Imagine having belt, belting all your armor and then you bending down trying to put the sandals on. You can't even bend. The Holy Spirit showed me the first piece of armor and the most important piece of armor is the peace that's birthed by the cross. Now look what it says here. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Take uh, delight, take pleasure in Him. Again I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance... And patience be known to people. Be known to all people. The Lord is near. Now isn't it interesting? Why would he say the Lord is near? Here. Because he wants to see how you tolerate people. How you give mercy. And how you don't be selfish. The Lord watches that before anything else. <laughs> we want to do big things for God. But God examines the heart. Isn't that right? Why would he say that the Lord is near? Just for that one. 
He never mentions the Lord is near. He mentions, I think, twice in the New Testament. That's it. I'm just showing you some treasures here. He says here, the Lord is near. He wants you to be gracious to people, just like you receive grace from the Lord. He wants you to be unselfish, putting people before yourself for the sake of Christ. He wants you here to show mercy where people don't deserve mercy because Jesus showed it to you. He wants you to tolerate people when they do wrong because the process is a, is a, is a big process. He wants you to tolerate people who don't know Christ, give them an opportunity to get saved. And then he says the Lord is near. He watches the little things before he you, blesses you with the bigger things. Can you see this? Lord, bless me. Lord, use me. And he sees what you do from day to day in your family, in your workplace, with people, in every place. What do you really harbor in your heart towards others? How do you put others in yourself, others above yourself? God watches this in your heart. And some will say, Lord, use me. But he sees the little things before he blesses you with the big things. I want you to see this. The Lord is near. He watches the little things that you entertain in your heart. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and every situation by prayer, petition and thanksgiving, continue to make your civic request known to God and the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, it's yours. You see the pattern? When you don't have the peace of God, you have dysfunction. Their envy is, their jealousy is, their bitterness is, their anger is. There you see all, all the things of dysfunction that belong to the enemy. And it's, the mo it's so important. The first thing Satan strikes you with, and the biggest attack Satan strikes you with, is to take your peace. Satan's greatest and most important attack is to steal your peace because then you're empty. Because this armor is to fight him. This armor is to fight him. And that battle is till we die. We need to hear this. This battle is until we die. Because Satan, Satan he does not sleep. And he comes at opportune times. And isn't that interesting? At opportune times we lose our peace. Isn't that right? So I learned something in my journey. Pray until I see results. Pray until I get breakthrough. And don't stop. You've got to have this mindset. Because the moment you taste defeat, your peace is taken away. Now I just want you to think about this. If there's anything you get today, there's many. But just think about this. How you interact with people and how you treat people and how you give yourself in the way has graced you with and how you show mercy. You know, mercy is massive. I really believe that word there, mercy, takes away gossip, takes away slander, takes away murmuring because they deserve wrath they deserve to be punished, but you don't want to tear them to pieces. You don't want to expose their nakedness. Is that how you treat people? Is that how you truly treat people? Because that's what Jesus sees. Mercy is massive. The mercy of God is massive. I really believe in the mercy of God takes away all forms of judgment. And isn't that the truth? You don't look at anyone through the eyes of their wrongdoings or their actions or their fruits. You look through the eyes of mercy. Which is the cross? Which is how Christ saw us? It's truth. Lord, use me. 
Lord, I want to be a vessel for you. He sees your day-to-day lifestyle. Now here also, look at this here. He's talking about the peace which guards you and stands guard of your heart. Look at this here. The first attack of the enemy that steals your peace is these two. Anxiousness and worry. Look at, the, look at Satan's attacks against the believer. He wants you to be anxious. Anxious speaks about not trusting God. He wants you to worry about how you're going to live life and do life by faith. Satan attacks that. He wants you to walk by sight. When a person operates in anxiousness and worry, he walks by sight. Because he has to be overworked, he has to be overstretched, and he has to make things work in a way where he's built inside of his heart. Okay. I'm going pretty quick here. Now, I'll I'll probably go back to front. Now, we go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 11. Here, this is how peace is taken away from you, unfortunately. But you need to hear the good and the bad. Okay? So if that's happened to you today, Jesus can restore you. He can restore you. So if your life has been a life of disorder, where there's a lack of commitment, or there's a lack of truth inside of you, or there's a lack of trust inside of you, or you've gone to the world, or you've favored the world, you can change today. First Peter chapter 3, verse 11. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Now, this scripture here shows you that peace is not given to those who do continues to do evil because the cross is of no effect to them. We'll go to Psalms chapter 4, verse 8, please. Now, this is a big one. So many people want to be protected from the enemy. So many people want to be protected against spiritual attacks. It's birthed by here. It says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep, for you alone make me dwell in safety. Uh, What scripture is that one? Is that the New King James Version? Is it? Huh? No. I think that's a different one. Hmm. It's peace. The word's peace, isn't it? So that word from the Esau is peace. But I just want to find it. Sorry about that, one sec. Okay, it's okay. But that word is peace, or trust, or rest. But we'll keep going. Psalm 72. Psalm 72, verse 7. Now here, this is the reward of living a righteous life in the sight of God. It says here, In his days the righteous shall flourish and abundance of peace until the moon is no more. 
So he's showing you here that when a person, when a person pleases the Lord and a person lives righteously with the Lord from day to day, more peace is given in abundance. We go to the next one, Isaiah 32, 17. It says here, the work of righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. So it shows you here how peace is multiplied or how it's overflowed in you. Psalms 29 verse 11. So here it shows you, the Lord will give strength to his people, the Lord will bless his people with peace. Now what does the Bible say in the New Testament? That, the, that what is your strength? It, says, it tells you that joy of the Lord is your strength. Here it's showing you where joy is stemmed from. Joy stems from peace. When you understand this, you understand how much God wants you to have peace in this troubled world. What did Jesus say when he came? Peace I leave you. Peace I don't give like the world gives, do I give. Why did he say peace? Because he wants you to know how you can sustain your journey on earth. Because when peace is taken away, it opens the door to so much dysfunction in your heart and your mind. And from that, you cannot taste that the Lord is good. If there's no peace, how can you truly taste in your heart that the Lord is good for your life? What does the Bible say? He says, I give you a peace which surpasses all understanding. Why did he say that? Because nothing in the scripture can compare to the gift of the Holy Spirit in you that's birthed by peace. He gives you peace, surpasses all understanding. It's that peace God wants you to walk in. You need to understand this. So many people have lost the battle of faith. So many people have given up because this peace has been robbed from their life. Isn't that true? In the beginning of their journey, there's such a peace burning like a fire. In the beginning of the journey, you just get saved. There's a peace burning like a fire. There's a rest, there's a joy burning like a fire. Now what does Satan do? Attacks from this world. Troubles, trials, challenges. And what happens? The first encounter with the enemy, peace is destroyed. And it goes to show you why so many people are weary. I'll go to Romans 14. Seeking God's kingdom and the Father's will is where peace becomes yours. It says here in Romans 14, 17, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So you begin to see where true peace is given to you. Can I say something like this? So many people have so many regrets. So many people have so many regrets because they're not operating in their true calling or the Father's will or the kingdom. And naturally your peace is taken away because God didn't create you to serve and live for the world. And it's the truth. 
We'll go to Psalms 119, verse 165. I want you to see this, because peace births from the cross. Your peace can be taken away after that. Your peace can slowly dry out after that. But he's showing you how your peace is sustained, how you can grow in momentum in this place. Because the greater peace, the greater knowledge. The greater knowledge, the greater wisdom. The greater wisdom, the greater you don't live a selfish life anymore. It's a pattern. Because God's got you. Peace tells you that Jesus is alive in me. Because that's the fruit of the cross. Look at this here. He's showing you that the, what births peace is obedience to truth. Psalms 119, 165. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Isn't that amazing? There's three scriptures in Old to the New, I think three, where it says that, where it says that they will not stumble. One's in Peter, one's here. And when you read them, you think, well, I better get to know what he's saying here because he's given me a promise that I'll never, be, I'll never stumble and I'll always be effective. And I study those scriptures. But look what it says here. Great peace are those who are obedient. Nothing causes them to stumble. Isn't it interesting that when you stumble, it's because of disobedience and you don't have peace. I'll finish off here. I'll just read it out. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16, and I'll finish off. It's the Lord's desire to give you peace. You have to see this. It's the Lord's desire to give you peace. Is that the right scripture? Sixteen. <coughs> when you understand this, you link the pattern with the armor of God, you say, well, I actually understand now that before the helmet of salvation where I know where I'm going, before I start to declare the word of God, before I fill myself up with truth and obey the truth, I have to have the peace of God. It makes so much sense when the Holy Spirit speaks. He says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. I want to encourage you today to know what's most important in your journey with Christ. And I'm telling you now, the greatest gift or the greatest fruit that stems from the cross is peace. Everything that is truly taught from the Holy Spirit and peace is given to you, you have the desire to walk in it. But imagine you don't have peace. Then you see God differently. You build a mindset of God differently when you don't have peace. You feel he's a hard God. He's a hard taskmaster. Master. You start to see everything's difficult. Everything's in a grind. But when you see him as he wants to give you peace, everything is spoken by him in peace. And I want to encourage you today to know at the cross you have this peace and how you protect your peace, and how you mature in your peace, and how, how an overflow of his peace is given to you, and it's a process. But it stems from the cross, and it shows you it's the most important thing you have to guard in your heart, is the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Nothing can compare to the gift of peace that flows and overflows and rushes in your heart, then you taste the Lord and He is true.
then you can taste the Lord and see that he's true. I want you to understand this. No, not many people can go too far in their journey if they don't have peace. And it's the first thing Satan strikes. First thing. The greatest attack is in the beginning of your journey. Luke chapter 8. The first and greatest attack is to steal your peace. And so many people are dysfunctional in their character. So many people are dysfunctional in their thought process. Is because they don't have peace. Because where there's peace, there's rest. Where there's rest, there's joy. Where there's joy, there's hope. Where there's hope, there's love. You see the pattern? Where does it stem from? Peace that comes from the cross. You have to see this. It's a ripple effect. So bless you all when we pray. If your peace is being taken away from you, you can ask the Holy Spirit here to restore you. The Bible says in Proverbs, above all else, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. Isn't it interesting that it's the peace that guards your heart? <laughs> it's peace that guards your heart. It's the peace of Christ that guards your heart. And isn't it interesting that the Holy Spirit told me to speak it here in this season we're in. How many people here have lost their peace? Be honest. If you don't want to put up your hand, you don't have to. But how many people are lacking peace or peace is not theirs? I pray for you. All the people that are lacking, put your hand on your heart. I won't look at you. I pray for you. Because the Lord wants to give you peace. Put your hand on your heart. And in an instant, the Holy Spirit can pour rivers of living water in your heart. I pray, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we love you, Lord. We enter your throne of grace by the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. I sprinkle, Lord, over me and the whole congregation. We are your people, Lord. I pray, Father, today, in Jesus' name, that anyone's peace has been trampled on, has been robbed, has departed, has been attacked. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, they are restored today. All your promises are yes and amen unto the glory of Christ. And I declare over every member here, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you remove any attack from their life and restore them with peace because that is the cross. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I pray this great gift upon their lives, that they walk in your peace, which guards and stands guard over their mind and their heart. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you. Thank you. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Go, Holy once you hear it you'll never be the same the power of the Holy Spirit receive his peace that was birthed at the cross thank you Lord allow them to walk in your river of your peace amen hallelujah to Jesus hallelujah to Jesus Christ thank you Lord Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for teaching us how to live and walk with you. 
stay in this place. But we are done now. Thank you. <laughs>